The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. We are broadcasting live still the best way to broadcast when you're alive. Absolutely. That's the man show. At the Man Expo at Raleigh's Jim Graham building. What a fun event. Get down here. Yeah, people need to people yeah. need to see uh, it. You know, call us, but then get down here. Sure. Our telephone number 919-860-9783. There's a lot on the on the platform today that we could get to, but your telephone calls are more important. Uh, I have a couple of things directly related to the Man Expo that I haven't yeah. shared with the doctor. Uh, number one, four things every man should know about testosterone. Absolutely. There's. I uh, have personal experience with that. You do? Okay. Yes. And I want to also, you know, everybody thinks that testosterone in heart patients yeah. is a ticket to another heart attack. Really? It's not. And I want to talk about that because testosterone is so important for men, not just when they're at the man show. Right, right. But when they're not at the man show. And the other article is people think beef is manly, and that's a big problem. This is from can be, but this is from Scientific American or or one of the other responsible scientific magazines. I want to tell you this: I have um, skepticism about the anti-red meat people. Um, because, I don't know if you remember, about a year ago, a study had come out that you know, looked at hey, 20,000 people. Sure. And those that had had red meat really didn't have a higher risk of heart disease. And then I just saw one that came out from a respectable place at Havid. Right. And they said it did. So, you know, me, and I'm gonna tell everybody out there, it could be because I'm biased, because it ain't nothing better than a porterhouse <laughs> steak, you know. It's you know what it's like. It's like if something came out and said, "Okay, crack is bad for you," and some doctor on crack who loves crack and who lives for it, he would say, "Well, I don't, I don't no, know." I, yeah, I, I have crack and I, I can still practice. I medicine. think it's inconclusive. Yeah, <laughs> doctor. The, the doctor is not on crack. Well, Do- but, Dr. Weefald is not yeah, on crack. Yeah, but he porterhouse is. steaks are like oh, crack for me. Oh, it's good. I'll tell you what, if they came out and said that uh, those little cookies, the Girl Scout cookies, Thin Mints, oh, were bad for yeah, you, you know forget what? it. Thin yeah. Mints, they're bad for you. Yeah, yeah. They are bad for you. You are fed up with Fauci. This is it. Fed up with Fauci. This is it. You're done with him. Well, we're going to have a, a F from here on in. It's a Fauci-free zone. Okay? I mean, yeah. But I want to, I, I, the mainstream press um, did what we talked about last week. What's that? Is do a Freedom of Information Act to get his emails. Right. And so the interesting thing about how the mainstream press is handling this is they're ignoring some of the most important things out of these emails. 
And I think the first important thing was that Fauci addressed and was worried, was actually worried that it had come from the Wuhan lab. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, he's passing on that it didn't. He got an email that, uh, and I'm sorry, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was from a, a scientist who was very reputable, who said she had sequenced, and that's the DNA, RNA sequence, that they knew the genetic exact sequence right. of the COVID-19. And this woman said it, it doesn't look like it was evolutionarily developed. It looked like it was manipulated. So right. there are certain telltale signs that you can tell. Uh, repeated um, base pairs. So instead of ACTG, you know, randomly, there's a bunch in a row where it seems that they spliced in some material. Right. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but he got an email from a reputable uh, virologist right. who said, this really worries me. It looks artificially created. And wow. he got that. They have not reported that. Right. It's just I, there, terrible. There's another case. He did receive an email from a Ph.D. physicist. Now, right. again, he's not a medical doctor, right. but he's a smart guy. And he was not out on the limb. He said that he didn't trust the numbers that were coming out of China. Remember when you and I noticed yeah. that China, which is a huge, huge country, many people, their numbers plateaued at about 82,000 yeah, deaths. That's ridiculous. It, and it might have even been 82,000 It was about 80,000. Yeah. Right. And we didn't trust it. This fellow said to Fauci, I think I, I don't trust it. Let me explain to you why. And he wrote a very long yeah. email. But it was very, very specific yes. as to what happened. And Fauci also knew that yes. there were several scientists in November and October who were put in the hospital for COVID-like symptoms. Right. He did not reveal that. He right. also knew the cell phones had been turned off for two weeks. There was no cell phones coming out of the uh, Wuhan virology and right, right. just before the outbreak. He didn't report that. And I, I think one of the things that you know that he is beholden to the Chinese Communist government is the one country that was successful in this whole thing was Taiwan. Yeah. And that word, they searched it, that word is never found in any of his email conversations, the word Taiwan. China is very sensitive about Taiwan because, correct me if I'm wrong, Taiwan is the breakaway province. Right. So what happened, the, um, in 1911, and this to go really quickly, there was a revolution. They overthrew the emperor, and yeah. a democratic government came on board called the Kuomintang. Right. And Dr. Sun Yat-sen, and he passed it on to a guy named Chiang Kai-shek. We got a caller. We'll come back to this. We'll do that. We'll do that. I, I think it's Diane from Cary. Hi, Diane. Hi. And I just have a, two quick things I want to say, Dave. It's so good to hear yes. you feeling so much better. After your operation, when they did it from the hospital, I <laughs> so bad for you. It's you, okay. You sound wonderful. I'm Thank so you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel wonderful. And, He's and better than ever. The other thing is, um, the doctor is always, not always, but he said it a couple of times, and I just want to accentuate how right he is about Pablo, and I won't say his last name because he's become too popular that it's over a month to get in. It's okay. It's him. Pablo Natrebko. I got, I got a secret yeah. for you. 
If you want to get in, call me. Thank you. I was thinking that you were the one that would be able to walk well, right and, in there. And I don't think Pablo's listening, but Pablo and I have a secret connection. We've I had, thought so. I, I had, knew it because when you had yeah. um, AFib, uh, you got right in there uh, yeah. that day by the sound of it. But here's my question, Doctor. I got confused last week. It was very, very important to me because blood pressure pills are extremely important. And um, I've been on an ACE for years, but I complained to a doctor that my blood pressure was not going down. And I know your theory about cuffs and uh, the place I go to never has a pediatric cuff because I only weigh 90 pounds. But that's neither here nor there. The doctor, who's a, a very brilliant, bright cardiologist, said, uh, in addition to the ACE, he didn't want to put me in too much because I'm so small, he would give me a calcium channel blocker. But I got confused by what you were saying last week. You mentioned a couple of different types of this. Sure. And I'm on my computer right now, and I see three classes. <laughs> now, the one he gave me, it's, I can't pronounce the first part of it, but it's B-I-L-T-I-A-Z-E-M. But you yeah. mentioned amlopine. Yeah, that's one called... you felt was better than the other, which is the better one? Yeah. Okay, now, this is a very good, very good point. We talked about calcium channel blockers, but they're actually different aminals. They're different animals. There's a whole type that are verapamil and diltiazem, and then there's another whole type, and it's called dihydropyridine calcium channel blocker. And those are amlodipine and procardia, and another one we never use anymore called philodipine. Now, did you have skipped heartbeats? Did you have rapid heartbeats? Um, it's, I have had PVCs, but... Yeah, okay, no. that's why. So Okay, but, but yeah. it's just that I'm, at, at, I'm way up at 140. I want to be down at 120 or 130. Okay. So that was his reasoning. And at one point, I think he tried to recommend amlopine because I also have Raynaud's and it helps Raynaud's. Sure. But he didn't give me that. He gave me the D-I-L-T-I-A-Z-E-M. Right, and diltiazem. And one was not as good as the other. Well, for what you have, the yes. diltiazem is a calcium channel blocker. It affects those PVCs, too. It suppresses them as opposed to amlodipine on the other side of the calcium channel cascade or the word type. That doesn't. So I suspect, although I'm not sure because I don't have your record, I haven't talked to Pablo, the diltiazem is going to help your blood pressure and also help suppress those premature ventricular contractions, those skipped heartbeats. Now, what dose are you on? 240 or 180 Um, or 120? I'm only on 120 and it's the extended one and it wasn't Pablo that gave it to me now. Okay. I have been going to Pablo. This was... Another, I go to two cardiologists. This is yeah. another one in Chapel Hill. Sure. He's supposed to be excellent. Well, but they all you, are excellent. You scared me with one. You you said that, I don't know, it was like you could almost take a heart attack with one or it was something bad. Yeah, so procardia is on the other type. It is not like diltiazem. So diltiazem oh, okay. has not been shown to cause a heart attack. And the reason is that it doesn't make your heart speed up. Procardia, when you take it as a, you know, a big dose at one time, it'll dilate your arteries quickly, and it makes the heart beat faster 
because the arteries have been dilated so quickly. And so, when that heart beats faster, there's a lot of adrenaline, that, that hormone that pounds away and makes your heart beat hard and fast, and that mm-hmm. can lead to a heart attack. So, your deltiazem should not. Now, what's your, okay. what's your pulse? What's your heart rate? Um, it's, uh, it, it's very good because I'm an exercise nut. And okay, I've right. been exercising yeah. my whole life. Uh, yeah. It's like every time a doctor listens to it, he says, you've got to exercise the heart. But, um, and that's great. Uh, and now I understand. So, so the one that yeah. I'm on, you're okay with. It will yeah. brace my you're, heart. You're, it's a different one. So the Procardia and Lodipine, and Lodipine's the safe one in that group. And then deltiazem. The other one in your group is also called verapamil. So that's the two over there and the two over on this side. But talk to your doctor. You're on a low dose. The reason why they may not have increased your dose is how fast your heart goes. The deltiazem at a higher dose can sometimes slow your heart down too much. So yeah, the doctor that gave me this, he said I'm starting at a very low yeah. thing because he said, he said you're, you're too small because I'm... I'm on um, benazapril, is the ACE okay. I told you about, and I'm yeah. on um, 20 milligrams of that, 25 actually. I take All it right. two, two separate times, 10 in the morning, Diane. 15 in the morning and 10 at night. Right. So, well, don't um, don't yeah. worry about your deltiazem. And you got oh, great do- sounds like you got great doctors, so just hang loose and, and be happy. Thank you, Diane. Pablo is wonderful. Thank you. Take care. All right, take now, care. In case you don't remember, Pablo Netredko, I'll give his last yeah. name. Yeah. He is an electrician. So you walk into his office, and he's got this <laughs> leather belt. Yeah, and, and he's got a lot of unfinished electronic projects right, on the bench. Absolutely. Yeah. What he does is deal with <laughs> the electrical signals in the heart. So he's called an electrophysiologist. Right. So he does an ablation where he gets rid of AFib, and he gets rid of ventricular tachycardia. He also puts in pacemakers and defibrillators. He is wonderful, Matreco. And if you want to call us up, that number is 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on Saturday because that's when we're here. We're at the Man Expo, which accounts for the singing in the background. Oh, it is the Man Expo. I called it the Man Show. Yeah, that, no, that was that thing, that crazy man, TV show. Man Show is something different, right? Uh, very we're, different. We're here at the Man Expo, <laughs> and we are Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Nothing wrong with disco. Nothing. Not at all. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm David Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefold. Got lots of stuff we can talk to you about. If you're on a particular medicine, Dr. Weefold will discuss it with you. I'm on a, a, a vitamin regimen. Uh, my daughter gave me the bottle. It's, it's called Prenatal. Prenatal. You ever heard of it? Prenatal. Prenatal. It's a good stuff. It's actually not a bad vitamin for men to take. And you, and you know... The funny thing is, I start to enjoy those those lifetime movies yeah. much more after I've taken a few weeks of Prenatal. <laughs> no? Well, I don't know. You have a, a, a you know you have these cravings in the middle of the night for ice cream and yes. pickles. Yes. You know. Yes. Did, did your wife have cravings when she was pregnant? Only once. I, mine, mine never did. Yeah, she she wanted me to go out and get some stuff, like drive two oh, in the wow. morning, and I'm sad to say I didn't go. 
All right, you are in the middle of the China history. Yeah, so just to let people know, what's because I think this is important yeah. about Taiwan. So Chiang Kai-shek yeah. was the leader of the Nationalist Party. They were corrupt, but they were supposed to be democratic and they okay. were they were good close friends with the United States government. Yeah. They lost the revolution. Mao Zedong took over in 49. They packed their bags and they moved to Taiwan, which is an island off the coast of southern China. It's a pretty right. big island. Right. Now, the interesting thing, the original Taiwanese are not Chinese. The All original right. Taiwanese came from Polynesia. So just like they went to Hawaii, they right. went to Taiwan. Right. And now the nationalist government is a democratic society in Taiwan. Okay. But the communists are just still mad as all get out because they want that land back. Now, do they need that land? No. 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 It's a matter of principle to them. So we used to recognize Taiwan as the real China. Right. Jimmy Carter in 1979 no longer recognized Taiwan and yeah. said that the communist China mainland was the real China. Oh gosh. And so but we've kept up a defense, you know, uh, treaty with them. Now what's the problem? Is that Taiwan did it right. They beat COVID. They didn't have but seven deaths total. Right. Seven in a country of 33 million. Right. And they had direct flights from Wuhan until, you know, it really became a problem in Jan in March of 2020. Right. So nobody will mention Taiwan. And this is what I'm mad about Dr. Fauci, because he never said. He's still not, I, he's never used the word Taiwan in his whole thing. Yeah. They beat it. And so why can't he model what we should have done on what the Taiwanese did? And the Taiwanese were mad at the mainland Chinese people because they lied about SARS. SARS was in you right. know, the beginning of the 2000s. It killed you know, a, a lot of people. And the Taiwanese had been told by the Communist Party, it's nothing to worry about. So when right. they heard something was going down in Wuhan with a virus, right. they did it right. They did everything right. And yet, no one will mention it. It's even gotten to the point where the NBA yeah. You know, they're getting half their money now from China. Right. So when the Hong Kong thing came out, where the Chinese went against the treaty and started to um, hunker down in Hong Kong and take away democracy, yeah. one guy in the NBA said, I didn't like this. Right. He got banned from the NBA, and the NBA apologized for it. And then there was a wrestler who said something about Taiwan. He used the word Taiwan. Yes. Instead of the breakaway province from communist China. Right. He got canceled. So we got to realize that when the mainstream press says something's debunked, right. it's not debunked. It means that the politics of it all is forcing them to not tell the truth. Okay. And now even some of the left-wingers are saying, we should have listened to the Wuhan Virology Institute theory, but the reason why we debunked it was because it would have made Trump look good. And that is not how we should deal with science and health. Right. Period. Right. Okay. That's very good. On this show, we're going to have Denny Lindemann, the operations manager of Advanced Body Scans of Raleigh, going to be here later. Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News up in a moment. 
You want to talk about testosterone at the Man Expo? Or... Absolutely. Okay. All right. Important thing. This is an article. I got. There are four points, maybe five, that it says four things every man should know about testosterone. Dr. Weefald hasn't read the article, but here's the first thing. Testosterone levels are highest in the morning. Yes. Yes. Really? So when your body is sleeping, you go into these cycles of really, really deep sleep where everything shuts down. And when you're about to wake up, adrenaline, yeah. cortisol, and testosterone levels start to rise to get your brain in shape. And okay. this is, of course, for a man. And, and to wake you up and get your muscles moving. So it is circadian. What does that mean? It means that it's higher in the morning, it's lower in the evening. But you really can't tell in terms of your libido. Uh, you can tell in terms of your uh, strength. So if you're not yeah. sleeping well, this is one of the problems also with sleep apnea. And that sleep apnea is so bad that you will not get that testosterone surge in the morning. And that's one of the reasons why you feel so tired, too. Now, I had my testosterone level checked. What was it? In the 300s. I hate you. Yeah, I know. I'm, you know, I'm pretty good. You're a manly man. No, but the point is, could it have been just that I gave a uh, test in the morning? Could it have been lower? The difference is probably 20 points. Oh, it's okay. not like it's 600 versus sure. 300. All right. Testosterone affects you mentally as well as physically. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. So testosterone is one of those hormones that assists the neurotransmitters in the brain. Right. So when you have a very low testosterone, what accompanies that is depression because your serotonin levels, that's uh, one of the key neurotransmitters that keeps your mood up, is they're not working. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I tell my patients. This is, you know, think everybody thinks of tea, the big tea, the low tea, the high tea, is only sex. It's not. It's the whole functioning of the manly organism. And, yeah. you know, women have testosterone, too. Just what? Not enough? A very small amount. Not as much? And it went, if it, one of the things that women need to understand is that if your libido is very low, you need to go see an endocrinologist or even a really good internal medicine specialist then get your testosterone level measured. All right, because women need testosterone too. We only have a couple of seconds. We're going to skip a couple of points. Last point, Dave Alexander will always have more than you. No. I regularly donate my excess testosterone to the U.S. Olympic swim team, SEAL, <laughs> Seal Team 6, no, mine and actor was, Steven no, Seagal. Mine was lower. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. We are live at the Man Expo in Raleigh on the Heart Health Radio Network where you can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. I think we've got Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News. Hi, Rose. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Good. Are you coming to the Man Show? Man Expo? No. Oh, come uh, on. You know, we have things that are sort of quasi, uh, they're mostly manly, but you might enjoy the people who are selling furniture. Got guys, um, well, there's a uh, booth for a beer company right in front of us, and they're giving wow. samples. It is, Ooh. But you're right. It is a real good man time. 
Uh, what are we doing this week, Rose? What's uh, what's going on? Well, I mean, we're North Carolina is doing pretty well, right? Um, uh, it's interesting, though. I was reading some analysis this week that was showing that in many states, people who are unvaccinated, so all the rates are dropping across the country, hospitalizations, cases, right. you know, deaths, right? But what they're finding is that for cases. People who are unvaccinated are having a surge kind of like we saw in January. The, right. the difference is that we're looking at that, you know, they're like for North Carolina, for example, it's about, oh, a third to half of people who are having these extra cases. But they put that over a denominator of the entire population. So it, right. it makes our numbers drop. But that's why our numbers aren't going to zero is because there's still these unvaccinated folks who are getting sick. Um, right. And then I um, I pay attention to what's happening in the UK because I have a friend there who's a doctor in the public health system there. And in the UK, they were planning on lifting all their restrictions on June 21st. But right. that, that Indian variant, which they now call Delta, um, is spreading so rapidly and is they figure it's about 60% more infectious right. and spreads, you know, it spreads more rapidly that they're holding off on lifting their restrictions. But they've always, I mean, their plan was to vaccinate everyone as quickly as possible by With giving the first dose. dose, right, first dose to everybody. But what is they're it, finding is that against the Delta variant, yeah. It's that one dose is not as effective, and wow. so they're again worried about overloading their hospitals. Yeah. So they're 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 moving double time now to get the second dose into people. The good news is that the second dose, when you actually hold off for you know ten weeks or or whatever, the sec even when you held off for longer, the second dose is makes it it's it's as effective. Yeah. Um, it was an experiment. It was a flyer that they took, and they happened to get lucky. Um, and so, you know, it's a big sort of big, fat clinical trial done on the population level. Yeah. Nonetheless, they've only got about 40% of their population with both doses. So they're getting, they're looking at more, you know, restrictions or restrictions staying in place for longer, um, which is kind of, they went, that Delta variant, that Indian variant, yeah. went from zero on April 28th to now being 73% of the infections that they're seeing. Wow, that's in the UK. That's in the UK. Okay. So, and you know, the UK variant is now the dominant strain circulating in the US. So you, it makes you wonder if the Indian variant out-competing the UK variant in the UK. Right. It, it makes you think that eventually we'll have the Indian variant out competing the 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 UK variant here in the states. So basically, what this is is like get vaccinated. <laughs> and on NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org, we have an article, a very well written article about 1.5 million customers having been moved to North Carolina's Medicaid managed care. And you want to read that article at NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org and sign up for their their newsletter. I like that. Rose, thank you. Have a good time, gentlemen. Enjoy yourselves.
All Thank right, you. Always, always love having you on. All right, let's pick All up right. with Tammy. Hi, uh, how you doing, Tammy? What's going on? Love listening to you guys. Thank you. Great. What's your hometown, Tammy? Big town of Four Oaks. Four Oaks. Yeah, Tammy from Four Oaks. What can we do for you? I question for Dr. Weefall regarding a drug called metoprolol. Yes, you're going to have to speak up a little bit louder. Okay, the drug metoprolol? Yeah. Metropolol, yeah, yeah. What you Does want to know? Does that contribute to being fatigued? Okay, that's a great question. So, metoprolol is what we call a beta blocker. So, it blocks the effect of adrenaline. And there are two types of, of beta receptors. There's beta 1 and beta 2. Beta 1 speeds up the heart, does all sorts of great things. Beta 2 is in the brain. Yeah. So, if you block beta 2, you can get really fatigued. Now, the nice thing about metoprolol, it's called, is that it is more beta-1 than it is beta-2, but it, it's still a little bit of a beta-2 effect. Okay, so propranolol, it's beta-1 and beta-2 equal. Metoprolol is mostly beta-1, a little beta-2. And then there's some nebevolol or um, uh, bistolic. It's almost all beta-1. So you can get depressed on metoprolol. There's no doubt. You can get fatigued. You can get depressed. You can wheeze because beta-2 blockade in the lungs can make you wheeze, can make those uh, lung uh, passages constrict. So propranolol, most likely type of beta blocker to cause fatigue and depression. Now, bivolol, most likely not to. Metoprolol sort of somewhere in the middle, and I use it all the time because it is a great medicine, and I have a very low incidence of fatigue, uh, but when I, I, I do get it, I know it. Now, talk about the man expo. Yeah. The other thing that beta blockers can do what? is impotence or erectile dysfunction because when you block beta-2, sometimes you decrease blood flow to the male sexual organ, and it can lead to um, impotence, uh, erectile dysfunction. So yes, in a short, that's a long answer yeah. to a, a, a question. The answer is yes, it can make you tired and it can make you depressed. So Tammy, if I were to you? stop taking this, could I see an improvement in having more energy? It's possible. Um, so many different things can cause a lack of energy. But I will say this, do not stop that medicine suddenly. It is one of the medicines that you have to wean yourself off, okay? Yeah. You have to cut the dose back for a little bit, maybe a couple weeks, and then cut it back again. Because there's something called the rebound effect. So if you quit it all of a sudden, and that blockade uh, is gone, then you could jack your blood pressure up, jack your heart rate up. And so if you decide that you're gonna ask your doctor if this is the cause, and your doctor and you agree that you're going to try something else, it's recommended that you wean yourself off. Now, thyroid function, if that's low, that can lead to fatigue. Sleep apnea, that can lead to fatigue. And just, you know, uh, listening to our podcast yeah, at night can. and it not can. going to bed, yeah. that can lead to fatigue. And listening to Dave here, I just about fall asleep all, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, I can cause fatigue all on my own. <laughs> Even though his testosterone level was higher than mine, Tammy, that's bad. Tammy, how you feeling these days? Are you fatigued? 
Well, I am, but I also have multiple sclerosis. So okay. Yeah. My urologist was just, I guess, trying to weed out the things that you know yeah. might help me get a little more energy. Well, I think it's certainly um, uh, a possibility. And if you're going to change medicines or if you're going to wean, uh, get off that medicine, make sure it's under the supervision of your physician so they can wean you off of it so there's no rebound and then get you on something else if you need it. Okay, Tammy, last question. You. Dr. Weefall, are you yeah, accepting yeah. new patients? I am. I am. Let me, the, the best way for you to get a hold of me, and I don't advertise my practice, but I'm more than happy, it's Millennia, M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A. You can call the office, 919-209-9856, and talk to uh, my people there, and they can uh, have, you, have you seen. Got it. I don't live very far from your office. Thank you guys so very much. Well, listen, let me ask you a question. Okay. Are there four oaks in four oaks? I heard one (laughs) of them died, that there are only three left. One of them died and got cut down. Uh, (laughs) So we got to call you three oaks now, right? Three oaks. All right, Tammy, thank you. You know what they do? This is typical in North Carolina. They will take a field with deer in it. They'll call the deer field. Yeah. And they, they put buildings on it, so there's no field there anymore. Yeah. They call it Deer Field. Deer Field. You chase the deer away. What about what about Pine Level? Pine Level. They flattened is, it. Is flattened it level, it but with pines? No, it's flat. Flat now. You don't say Pine Level. It's no. Pine Level. <laughs> All right. Let's let's pick up this conversation <laughs> about testosterone yeah. because we're at the Man Expo. Okay. Now testosterone is really important. Let me tell you what happened to me. Um, I did eighteen thousand radiologic procedures so i did these hard calves and pacemakers right and the way you put the pacemaker in is you irradiate the body but the patient doesn't get very much but right. if you do four thousand five thousand of them you're going to get some radiation yeah yeah where these lead things are really heavy and yeah. it's supposed to absorb it but some gets through well i got so much radiation that my testosterone level fell okay. i was so tired i had no interest in anything yeah and so my very smart physician, Renee Watson, checked her testosterone level. Yours was 300. It's supposed to be 300. Okay. Mine was 130. Ah, so I went on supplementation. First, I tried that lotion, the gel. Yeah. And you yeah. get it in the morning, you rub it all over the place. I could never get mine high enough. Yeah. So I get an injection okay. every two weeks of what's called depot testosterone. It is a slow release. Right. And my level is higher than yours now. Okay. And I feel so good. I'm not depressed. I have energy. I'm sleeping better. And, you know, the manly stuff is working better. Okay. Do you ever feel like you want to knock somebody's head off? No. Testosterone does not cause roid rage? I don't think it will if you do it under the supervision of a physician. You have to check the levels. You have to react to changes in your personality. Yeah. I, you know, let me tell you, Barry Bonds, okay, it's come out. Yeah. That guy took testosterone supplementation to hit home runs. Do you know how much he took? A lot. Five times the recommended dose. Sure. So his level, and in a man, it's called the free testosterone level, should be anywhere from 400, excuse me, 200 uh-huh. to 800 adolescents. 
Oh my God, twelve hundred, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Barry Bonds was in the five thousand level. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, he was mad as heck. It was he? He was uh, beaten on that baseball, and apparently, the the rage was there. But if you hear about somebody having road rage and and you know doing stuff like that. That's not from their testosterone. That's from the fact that they're jerks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They started out that way? Yeah. Okay. Will uh, testosterone make me stronger? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I don't think you need supplementation. No, I don't. It's, it's, and you know what? Some people, remember, levels are not the same for everybody. So I've had people with levels that are on the low normal. And supplementation worked, got it up a little bit, and they felt better. Okay. Now, the key thing from a cardiology point of view is that testosterone had a bad name for heart patients. Right. Because it was felt as though you get somebody to be more of a man, they're going to have uh, more of a risk for a heart attack. Right. So the studies were never really done. And a guy from Harvard did the study. And he went back and looked at all the data from all the testosterone investigations and levels. He didn't find an increase in heart attacks or stroke. And we're changing. We're changing to the point of saying testosterone is necessary for brain function, muscle function, overall well-being. And heart patients should not have the benefits of testosterone restricted because of a shibboleth, a a, a urban legend that it will cause another heart attack. Okay. We're going to take a break. We've got an article about Alzheimer's disease and inflammation. If you've got an older family member, you might want to might want to pay attention to this article and this story coming up. Also, Dr. Franklin Weefold will take your question at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on now, don't forget to say you will. Broadcasting from the Man Expo, this is Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. You are shouting out somebody near and dear. Well, Lily Langston is AKA Shorty. And I, I found out that she was called, she's not that short. She's not even as short as my uh, daughter, who's four foot ten. Emily, I'll shout her up. But uh, Shorty is what we call a survivor. Yes. Okay. She's had a lot of different problems, from breast cancer to atrial fibrillation to wow. other things. Um, we found out that she had a little mass in her neck, and then on a regular X-ray, she had these little nodules. And so we did a CT, and we did something called a PET scan. I think that's very helpful for people to understand what that is. When there's cancer or when there's some very atypical infections, the cells start using only sugar, and they don't use other forms for energy. Yeah. So there is a radioactive, and I'll just call it radioactive. It's a positron emitter, and it is basically a sugar molecule and you can pick it up so you do a regular ct and you have a little nodule you do a pet ct and it lights up and that means it's possibly a cancer possibly some other type of weird infection well it's interesting her thyroid lit up but her lungs didn't but it turned out it wasn't her thyroid 
So she had a lung cancer that had uh, metastasized into the neck. That's a new diagnosis right. for her. And she oh, got she got it taken out. She had surgery. Yes. Uh, she went to see Dr. Russell Anderson. She's going to get some treatment. Um, forgive me, Shorty. You told me, but I can't remember if it's chemo, radiation, or both. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Shorty's a survivor. You know, you almost feel bad for the tumor because yeah. Shorty's so tough. Yeah, she is tough as nails. You know You know what she did at one point in time? What? She sold, uh, what are those things? Oh, not Electrolux. What are the um, rainbow yeah. vacuum cleaners? Oh, my god! Let me tell you something. If Shorty still sold rainbow vacuum cleaners, <laughs> I'd be buying six right now and giving them away as Christmas present. Shorty, wow. if you're listening, um, you know, doctors aren't supposed to get close to their patients. Right. Um, but in a sense, I'm close to Shorty. And she said something to me the other day. What? That brought a tear to my eye. She said, you're my son, Dr. Weefong. Oh, that's great. And, I, I, you know, I don't think that's getting too close. If, if someone from the medical board is listening, call up and tell yeah, me you if, gotta, I, yeah. if I'm violating the rules. But, I, I, you know, Shorty is a wonderful human being. I don't and, think I don't think. And taking be... care of her makes me realize yeah. how great it is to be a physician and how great it is to do what I do. And um, I love you, Shorty. All right, Shorty. We wish you the best. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. What else is in the pile of articles? Well, you know, right across from us Uh is a new beer. And I like Corona. (laughs) And if you you are a teetotaler, just just remember, I don't overdrink. But I just tried their new beer, Tulane. Uh, Tulane, not not Tulane University. No, no, T- no. That's going to be a problem. That's no Tulane like that. beer. I like it. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I don't. I'm not into country music, <laughs> but do you know who Luke Bryan is? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But anyway, Luke Bryan and Tulane, like two highway lanes, and it's. You know, I'm a sweet beer type person. I'm a. I don't like this. You know what is that stuff called? Um, Guinness. Love Guinness. Oh yeah. 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 You. Do you drink Guinness? Love Guinness. We got Josh Zach from the news department. Uh, uh, it's awesome. I, you know, but Guinness to me tastes like soy sauce. And I'm half Chinese. <laughs> but when I'm drinking beer, I don't want to be drinking soy sauce. Are you drinking the, uh, the drought stout out of the can, or are you drinking uh, the extra out of the bottle? I went to England. See, that's different. I there. had a Guinness, and I thought I was going to die. Guinness tastes entirely different overseas. It's, <laughs> no... You're laughing, but it's made differently. The Guinness that you buy here is brewed here. Oh, really? Yeah. The Guinness that you get in <laughs> Dublin is entirely different. Entirely uh, different. Well, I would say this beer is a healthful thing. I mean, I think that beer in sh- small amounts, mm-hmm. um, the relaxation, uh, the enjoyment with your friends. A lot of relaxation in large amounts, too. I think it's great. Well, no, it's not I, good in large no. amounts. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyway, I'm going to tell you, if you if you are cap- uh, of the age, and if yeah. you are going to do it in moderation, I liked Tulane. Okay. Good stuff. There's really no other comparable beer segment in any other medical show in America. Well, I think there should be, because yeah. I think beer can be uh, good for you. It's got, uh, you can you can have low-calorie beer. Right. But right. whatever you do, drink it modestly. Yes. I, I, t- I tell you, I, I had a patient who had been, uh, you know, tippling a little bit, and he agreed that he was going to drink one a day. One a okay? day? Well, yeah. So I got called. 
He was drunk in the ER. Oh, no. So I went in to see him, and I said, I told you. One, one a day. day. And he said, I saved him up for two weeks and had 14. <laughs> that averages out to one a day. Yep. That's not what you do. That was me in college. I got to get the work done during the week, but the weekends are mine. Everybody needs moderation in everything. everything. There is an yeah. article about... A fatty heart yeah. puts your health at risk, well, people no don't. matter your weight. Do we know whether I have a fatty heart? Yes, and you don't. I don't. Because remember, okay. I asked Dr. Bolton. Okay, okay, so you can get fat in your belly. You can get fat in your arms. Yeah. You can actually get fat attached to the heart. Right. It's attached right to the heart muscle. Okay. And you can tell based on an ultrasound. Yes. Okay, so you can see what we call adipose tissue. Uh-huh. Surrounding the heart. Turns right. out, yeah. we used to think, ah, that's just fat around the heart. Right. It is a risk for heart disease, for cholesterol buildup. You almost would think yes. And then, you know what else it's a risk for? What's that? If the fat is covering your heart, and they're going to do open heart surgery and bypass it. Yes. They have to be able to see the artery in order to get into it. It's that bad when you've a lot got of, a fatty oh, listen, heart? Sometimes the fat is an inch thick. No and, way. And they've got to push their finger on the heart and yeah. try to feel for the artery and then go into it. And, you know, there was a lawsuit where a lady had a bypass surgery and they bypassed the wrong artery. Okay? Yes. Because she had a fatty heart and they couldn't find it. Oh and my. they did the best job they sure. could to find an artery and bypass right. it. We've got Bill from Raleigh. Welcome to the show, Bill. How you doing? Hey, uh, hey, Bill. Uh, always, always enjoy the show. Thank so, you. Uh, this, this is a question for Doctor Weefall. Um, I'm on the internet right now for the Salk Institute, and yeah. there's a quote here. That says a lot of people think of it as a respiratory disease, but it's really a vascular disease. Um, uh, I was. You know, just searching the internet, and I came across this doctor, F U C H A R I T B H A K D I. That's a And he's, he's, he's threatening uh, the possibility of repercussions due to the vaccine. Could the, would the doctor uh, expound yeah. on that? Yeah, I'd be glad to. So um, the vaccines can lead to an inflammatory condition. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like there may be uh, an association with inflammation of the heart muscle in young people, not necessarily athletes. If you look at the numbers, um, it's about one in a million chance. Um, and, and I'm gonna say, we said this from the beginning, I'm a pro-vaccine person, and I'm a pro-vaccine person because you do a risk-benefit mm -hmm. analysis, and the benefits are just so great and so much greater than the possible risk. And I think if, if people are, are going to be concerned, I understand. There's yeah. so much out there now Thank that you, makes people be afraid. Yeah, but the, the thing I'm going to tell you is your right to be concerned, your right to have um, these issues, um, but I will tell you that the risks are far outweighed by the benefits of getting this vaccine for COVID and for getting any vaccine. We did have Rose on the show indicating that what people are finding out in North Carolina, that any increase, any infection with coronavirus is in fact from the non-vaccinated. 
Absolutely. We'll, we'll be back in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to this show and following the advice of Dr. Franklin Weefall. Well, remember, I, I give advice, but always yep. run it by your physician. That's he a great or idea. she knows you better and knows you well or should know you well. And so when I, when I, give, a, right. when I give things, you know, opinions, they're either in general for health right. or if they're, if they're particular for a caller, it's, it's advice on what to bring up with your physician. It, it goes to the point where... There are things that I have go wrong, and I tell the doctor about them, but he doesn't have my chart. He knows everything, and I show him my tests and things like that. He knows a lot about me, but he doesn't have my chart. Right. He says, yeah, talk to your doctor about this, because I'm you know, concerned about that. Yeah. Now, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And you can do that on the show, and the weird thing is, again, as it happened in the first hour of our show, you can ask about a specific medicine and say, you know, I'm concerned about this. Yeah, the thing that I try to do with my patients that I'm trying to do on this show is let people know how a medicine works in right. simple terms so that it's not a mystery anymore. Okay? And the medicine, oh, that's what it does to my body. Right. And so, for example, the, the wonderful lady you called earlier about the medicine, the Toprolol, knowing what it does, right. knowing how it works, knowing that it could be associated with certain side effects, and why, right. really helps, I think. Right. It's very funny that Metropolog came up, because statistically speaking, you know, I'm on 150 medicines, not quite that, but not I'm quite, on so many. Quite. I'm on that one. Yeah. And you told me some things to think it, about. It is a great medicine. Is I, it? I, yeah. Let yeah. me tell you one of the things that it did. It was, it was revolutionary. When I was a resident, we didn't use beta blockers like metoprolol in right. heart failure. Right. Because we thought that it would decrease the functioning of the heart. Right. So, you know, we would always just stop the beta blocker when someone would get a flabby, weak heart and get heart failure. Yeah. Guess what the number one medicine is now to treat heart failure? Well, the number one, number two, number three. Is it's a beta it? blocker. Is it really? And the people did the studies and showed that if you gave a beta blocker, it prevented adrenaline from wearing out your heart muscle. Yes. Because when your heart is weak, your body excretes adrenaline to try to speed it up and pump it up, make it pump stronger. And that was actually a bad thing. So metoprolol was right. proven to reduce the risk of death if you have heart failure. Right. So it's a great drug. Let's talk about Alzheimer's and infection. Yeah, so let me tell you that's, that one of the things that I think I want 
to get across to the family members who are dealing with Alzheimer's patients. Yeah. There's a great book called The 48-Hour Day, and that explains that, that, that title, how hard it is to, to be able to deal and, and take care of someone who has Alzheimer's. And yeah. the reason is the person you knew and loved is no longer there. And if they're there, oh, yeah. they're only there a part of the time. Right. But what I see a lot is that patients with Alzheimer's will get worse. And the question is, is it the Alzheimer's getting worse or is it something else? Yeah. I have found the first thing you need to check when an Alzheimer's patient goes bad in a quick fashion, memory gets worse, yeah. agitation, yep. is whether they have a urinary tract infection. And I'm, I'm, I see it all the time. And you, you find out, you cure that urinary tract infection, and they get back to a baseline that uh, a family member or a physician is able to deal with. You're, Inflammation. Yeah. When you have an infection, the body's immune system excretes all these uh, hormones and chemicals to jazz up the rest of the immune system to help fight the infection. Right. That hurts the brain because it appears there is an inflammatory component. We don't quite understand it completely, but there's an inflammatory component to Alzheimer's. Okay, so, so what you're telling Infections can make Alzheimer's worse, acutely. So a quick decline in grandma's ability to understand what's going on around her could be a urinary tract infection. It's very common. Really? Yes. More common than we know. And I, I, I wonder how many patients have chronic urinary tract infections. They cannot tell us that they have uh, trouble urinating, right. burning. Right. They don't have a fever. So check that out. All right. We are at the Man Expo at the Jim Graham Building, which is why there's so much sound around us including some great country music. You want to come on out and check out things like, you know, furniture. Um, there's Honestly, there's some adult beverages that are, <laughs> that are being tested. Um, chocolates, automobiles. Man, there's some motorcycles and old Chevrolets in the other corner. Come on out and see us. We're at the WPTF booth. It would be a hoot. If you came here right now and asked us a question, you can do that. We've got Larry from Raleigh. Larry, how you doing? It's all today, gentlemen. Hey. Good. Thank you. What's up? Uh, well, first of all, I wish I was at the Man Expo. I need to grab the wife and head that way. Yes. Uh, so here's my question. Um, acetaminophen taken orally versus using it as a... Um, rub on, I have bad knees, doctor, so I have some osteoarthritis, and mm -hmm. I think pretty much all of my cartilage is missing, so I've had uh, steroid shots, and mm -hmm. the Euflexa, uh, uh, oral medication, so I'm curious if I try uh, uh, over-the-counter uh, exterior rub on uh, the knee sure. cap. Uh, that contains acetaminophen, do you have to have the same concern as, as if you were taking it orally, acetaminophen, that is? That's a very good question. So there's two things. Um, the, the topical things are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents. Correct. Acetaminophen is different. So acetaminophen, Tylenol, 
uh, paracetamol, they call it in, in England. Yeah. That is a, a, a chemical that works in the brain, actually, to reduce the perception of pain. The okay. gels that you rub on, and I actually think they're great. Um, there's now one over the counter that used to be only prescription, and that's called that's Volterra. That's what I'm thinking of, actually. Diclofenac. Now, Diclofenac works well in a lot of people, and yeah. like, like everything else, some people it doesn't work well in. Some people it does. The way that you use it is you squeeze out this gel and you rub it directly on the area that's, that's having inflammation or osteoarthritis, your knee, your wrists, your hands, your back. A small amount of this non-steroidal medicine called diclofenac. So it's a, it's a cousin of Advil. It's a cousin of ibuprofen. And it gets okay. right to that area. And, and it, it's concentrated in that area uh, mainly. It does get into the bloodstream, not as much as, say, taking a diclofenac pill. You do it four times a day. And I have a lot of patients that works well. Now, there's some other ones you can rub on, and, and some of them work, um, like witch hazel. Really? They work by stimulating the nerve so you feel that kind of sensation. Yeah. And it overtakes the sensation of pain. Right. So it's like a buzz. You know, it, yeah. I'm trying to think of the word, but it, it makes your skin tingle. And yeah. so you feel the tingling more than you feel the pain. So you can get it without really? a prescription. Yeah, you can get the diclofenac now without a prescription. But just, just check with your doctor. Um, I, I can tell you now that you are allowed to try it. Um, and the reason why they're letting you take it is that if you do it correctly and you only use it four times a day, then the risk of, say, kidney failure or liver problems is very, very low. But my thing is always just check with your physician and say, hey, doc, is it okay for me to rub some diclofenac on four times a day? Understood. Well, look, I really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, you know if, you, if you do give it a try, call us back and tell us how it okay, works for you. I, I've used it. I broke my thumb. Oh my. Skiing, and it ruined my golf game. But I was one of the first people when the Voltaren gel came out, and I did it for about six months. And yeah. it really helped. It really helped me in particular. That doesn't mean it's going to help somebody else. It does help a lot of people, but everybody's different and responds to things differently. Larry, thank you. It's funny, we both broke, broke thumbs. How did you break your thumb? I broke a thumb hanging a picture. Well, come on. How do you break a thumb hanging a picture? It, uh, did, you it's not hit, a, did you hit yourself with the hand? Well, the one thing I should point out, for clarity's sake, it wasn't my thumb. So I'm, I don't know how, yeah, how much it hurt. It was the other guy, the other guy holding the nail. <laughs> but here's the deal. There is an article in PopSci, Popular Science, yeah. which used to be a decent magazine, yeah. that yeah. says... People think beef is manly, and that's a big problem. Uh, that's just terrible. You don't get a high testosterone from eating beef. No. Do, do you remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? I can't remember. I think it was called Commando. Yeah. And Ray Don Chong. So okay. she was this, you know, woman who was, you know, pretty with it and normal. Yeah. And and uh, Arnold. Uh, you know, went went after these criminals and beat them and stuff. And her, her response is, you eat too much red meat. So I think there is a perception 
that if you eat a steak, that you are going to get angry, you're going to get um, road rage. And right. let me tell you, it's just not true. Can okay. you endorse steak as a... I endorse steak yeah. in moderation. Okay. okay. Anything in moderation. Um, because I don't think there's any real evidence that eating a T-bone is going to cause you to have a heart attack. I'm are, sorry. Are you aware of this Okinawa diet? Yeah, and the Okinawa diet is basically a Japanese diet that incorporates the no-no concept. Right. So it's no white flour, right. no sugar, or very little sugar. They don't eat a lot of white potatoes there, right. but they do eat white rice. And so they get very little in the way of simple carbohydrates. Yes. They eat a lot of fish, uh-huh. they eat seaweed, and they eat a lot of macrobiotic, which means that they, they have a lot of fiber. And so I'm sure their gut health is pretty darn good. Yeah. I've never asked a Japanese person whether that's true or not. Right. But it's not the secret, the secret to longevity. Um, let me tell you. Genetics matter. Yeah. And so you can modify your risk um, by eating well. Right. Um, but there's a thing to remember that a lot of people who live in a certain area where they live a long time. Right. They move to another area. Yeah. And they still live a long time. It's so because of their parents. It's, it's genetics. But, right. you know, you, you, you can help yourself by not eating white flour, not eating sugar not eating the inside of a white potato, and not eating a lot of white rice. Simple carbohydrates lead to inflammation and obesity. And yes. those are the two things that I think can, even if you have great genes, can affect you negatively and maybe take some years off your life. Well, I'll tell you what. This is the Man Expo. And if we can get anybody around here, there's got booths for all sorts of things. Oh. There's got to be somebody cooking steaks. If... If we can find somebody cooking steaks, I'm going to order two. Yep. Let me know what you want. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a patient who, um, on, was it Thursday? Maybe yeah. Wednesday? He knocks on the door and yeah. says, Dr. Weefall, come outside. <laughs> and there were 13, count them, freshly slaughtered oh my. Oh my. porterhouse steaks. Wow. Inch and a half thick. He's not waiting next yeah, time. I gave most of them away. I kept six. Good for you. I've had one steak in the last two weeks. I think that's about right. We're going to talk to Wayne from Clayton next on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio. We are live from the Man Expo. Coming up at 1.30 is Denny Lindeman, the ops manager of Advanced Body Scans of Raleigh. You've heard the advertisements on WPTF. I think it'll be fun to hear from, from Denny coming up on the show. Let's uh, pick up with Wayne from Clayton. Hi, Wayne. Hi there. Hey, hey you're wh- right. There's nothing wrong with the little disco. Yeah. I'm taking in my, in my seat here. Uh, afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, what's I up? To, I wanted to pick up on uh, comments you made last week, Dr. Weefall, about balance of nature. Uh, I'm a, yeah. Looking to improve my genetics a little bit, uh, cancer survivor. So, uh, would you please, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit if you could on balance of nature? I've got the sure. fruit and the veggie models. I think I think balance of nature is great. 
Um, and the reason why it's great is it's an, what we call a no-brainer. Um, <clears throat> it is pure uh, vegetables and pure fruits. Yeah. There's nothing in there that's not good for you. Right. Um, the way they make it is they take the fruits and vegetables, and I think they get them from a very reputable source, and they freeze them. And as they freeze them, they vacuum treat them, so they take away all of the air, and all you have left is the pure uh, solid part of a fruit and vegetable. And they turn it into a powder, and then they put it in capsules, and then you can take them. And the, there's only one downside of Balance of Nature. It's really expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can get the same thing by eating fresh fruits and vegetables. Right. But for a lot of people, I think this is a good alternative. Now, do I think that it's the cure-all and end-all for all your health problems? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Um, you know, I think what I would like to see is the company do some studies. Right. They can have the fake balance of nature, fake capsules right. that are filled with, you know, an inert ingredient, and then the balance of nature capsules, and follow people for five or ten years and see who does better. And I think that would be a wonderful study because I think there's a high likelihood that their inflammation is going to be lower right? and they're going to have uh, better uh, outcomes when it comes to certain health conditions. There's a there's a company, and I won't mention who it is because mm -hmm. I don't want them to sue me, but they're on the radio. They're a national sort of fast-talking infomercial, and they are promoting their stuff. And every week, it's, uh, every two weeks, it's a different stuff. And the different items are, hey, listen, you got to know that this is going to, people have taken this for a thousand years yeah. for inflammation yeah. or they make claims that are sort of weak claims. Right. And even Balance of Nature, they have testimonials. Yeah. So they have a guy who had neck pain. Right. And he had to have surgery. Yep. And so he went through physical therapy. He started Balance of Nature. And his claim is that all the doctors and physical therapists said, wow, yes. you've recovered much yes. quicker. Now, is that possible? I think so, because his inflammation levels might have gone down. Sure. Because he wasn't eating the bad things, and he was taking the balance of nature and uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. So I right. think that's a good thing. I, I, I can't fault anybody who or, takes that supplement. Or it could be the placebo effect. Yeah. And he spent 40 bucks on something. By gosh, he's going to... It's 60 you know. to $70. Really? Yeah. It's expensive. Um, but I mean, if you if you have the money, you can't go wrong taking it. I, and I I don't get yeah. paid by Balance of Nature. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't take it myself. Um, but I'm I'm thinking about it, and so I, I, I'd like to hear from people who take it and see what they say. That would be neat. If you want to call this program and either endorse that or ask about something else, nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. We are on. Every Saturday from noon until 2. And there is something in the news about Novartis coming up with prostate cancer treatment. Yeah. The new thing that's coming out is what we call targeted radiotherapy. Okay. And what does that mean? It means that you attach a radioactive chemical that's only radioactive for a very short period of time. Right. You attach it to another chemical 
yeah. that hones into only one part of the body. Yes. So you have a, a molecule that attaches to a prostate cancer. Yes. Attached to that molecule is a radioactive chemical. Right. And so it goes to the cancer in the prostate and kills only that tissue or a small amount of tissue around it. We're seeing this for thyroid. We're seeing this for lung cancer that's in experimental uh, um, uh, development. And I wanted to bring that up because the Novartis drug, I think, is going to be approved pretty quickly. And I think it's going to help. Now, I don't, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know the, the figures, but it has reduced the size of the prostate cancer. Yeah. And it has extended the period where people have uh, no um, uh, metastatic spread. All right. So I'm very excited. I'm afraid to ask, but I'm going to anyway. I'm 57. I should have had some things done because nobody checked my prostate. I bet you you've had your PSA check. And, and that had, is what? That is the prostate-specific antigen. Uh-huh. Now, that is the in-doctor's-office yeah. test. And not right. real special. No. And what it does is it's a level of a protein that's produced in the prostate. Oh. You measure it over time. And if it suddenly goes oh. up. Oh, okay. If it suddenly goes up, there is a possibility that you've got prostate cancer. It's a Sometimes blood test. An infect- it's a blood test. Okay. Yeah, like a cholesterol level. You get it at the same time. You get your thyroid checked in blood test. You get your cholesterol level checked. You get a PSA. And mine is, yeah, about the upper limits of normal are about five. And mine's yes. five. And yeah. so we're just following it along and seeing if it spikes up. I have a risk because my dad had prostate cancer. But guess what? He yeah. lived in 92. There are some mm-hmm. very specific man diseases. Right. If you don't, if you're a woman, you don't have a prostate. Okay. If you don't now, have a prostate. Well, I don't want to get in trouble well, with wait the a minute, far the, left. The medi- okay? Somebody going to complain about that? Because well, they think there's no such okay. thing as gender. Okay. But I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. If you have a prostate, yeah. You have a Y chromosome. Yeah. If you don't have a prostate. You do not have a Y This is fascinating. Yeah. I didn't learn this now, in biology. Now, there's only one other issue. There's some yeah. uh, people who are um, have a Y chromosome, right? and they don't have a prostate because they are genetically mutated. They don't have the testosterone receptor. I met a bunch so, of people this in college who didn't have a frontal cor- cortex. cortex yeah. They were dumb as chunks of wood. Absolutely. All right, listen, we've got... Uh, we got a lot of things coming up. Denny Lindemann of Advanced Body Scans of Raleigh, next on Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio at the Man Expo to join ourselves Getting better, staying healthy, and spotting mes- medical misinformation. Uh, Dave Alexander, along with Dr. Franklin Weefold, we welcome D.C. Lindemann, the operations manager of Advanced Body Scans of Raleigh. Hi. Hey, how are you guys doing? And so far, we're doing great. It's great to have you here because I, I every time I hear your commercials on our show, I, I always want to say yes. 
Yep. I mean, I really believe in what you guys do and and women at the place do. I don't want to, you know, offend what? anybody. No. Men and women work at your place. Anyway, um, <laughs> tell so- us uh, what the goals are um, of your company and what you do, and then I'm going to comment and, and add my two cents in. All right. Well, uh, it's really easy. Our, our goal is to allow somebody to come in and get CT scanning when they want it, not just when they need it. You know, heart disease is the number one killer for men and women pretty much globally. And uh, typically the first sign of a heart attack for a lot of people is a heart attack. Or sudden death. Or they well, just yeah. fall over death. <laughs> But um, what an amazing piece of equipment that somebody can get a nine-minute scan and the machine will be able to tell how much calcium is accumulated in right. either one or all of the five main arteries of the heart. So the, the whole goal of the test as, as a screen is to get a trend, a pattern. So how much calcium do you have in this scan? Um, perhaps a year later doing another scan, a cardiologist or a doctor will be able to ascertain how quickly the calcium is accumulated in the heart and whether or not you are at risk of having a heart attack and needing to do other types of procedures like a nuclear stress test or a traditional stress test. Um, the whole idea is to not die of a heart attack. Right. And so this this was uh, a, a technique that actually has been around a long time. And the calcium score has been directly associated with your risk of a heart attack and your risk of a stroke. Right. And the problem is, is that insurance companies and Medicare are still not paying for this. And so the great thing I think that your company has done is made this an affordable thing that you don't need a, a physician's uh, referral for, and you can get an idea of what your risk is. And it's really important um, that people understand that this is a great technique, it's been associated, it's very safe, the amount of radiation is extremely small, and it has been associated with um, the ability to find out just what your risk is. And I, I, I think it's fantastic. Now, let me give you a personal thing. that I had, a high, a, for my age, a calcium score that put me at a mild to moderate risk. And I went on very intensive cholesterol therapy. Yeah. And and I got my LDL cholesterol 178, which is extremely high. And a combination of medicines, it's now 11. In two years of being 11, my calcium score has gone down. That is incredible. And that happens. And I think it's a really good way to measure the efficacy. Let me let me just we didn't say what a calcium score is. Yeah. When you have cholesterol in your artery, your immune system tries to get rid of it. And whenever you have active immunity, calcium can be laid down. And it's particular for a cholesterol blockage in the heart that the longer it's there, the more calcium is there. So when you're very, very young, you may have cholesterol buildup and no and a, a zero calcium score. When you're old, in your 80s, you can have very little cholesterol in terms of you know a burden that might lead to a heart attack. But you can have a higher calcium score because the, cl- the, the cholesterol buildup has been there for a long time. So the calcium score, you guys, will tell what the score is, but you'll also adjust it for age. Is that correct? No, absolutely. There's, there's, a, there's a range that we look at, and age is a, a specific area that we look at when it comes to how likely you are to be in a heart attack zone. But for a lot of the listeners, especially men right now, um, if you have a family history of heart disease and you're sitting there in your mid-40s and you're thinking, maybe I should go and do this, 
for the promotion that we're running right now, $79 to be able to do a heart and lung. I mean, you can't go wrong with it's that. It's amazing. I mean, that price is yeah. so good. Wait a minute. I can't just walk into the yeah. uh, in the doctor's office, ask for one of these things, and it's not paid for by insurance. Uh, it's now, not Medicare. Paid for. Will, but what if it, now, let me tell you, Medicare will pay one time for a uh, uh, scan yeah. to look for lung cancer in smokers. Right. Now, the problem is, okay, suppose there's calcium in the coronary arteries. Yeah. They can't report it because it wasn't, it's it's not something that is uh, allowed. Right. So you can calculate the score yeah. and you can know what the risk is, but you can't tell them. What you guys do, and, and what I think is fantastic, is you do the whole spiel. You'll sit down and talk to the patient and tell them, you know, what their score is and, and the calcium, and, and basically give them a risk profile. Absolutely. And I think that's fantastic. Well, I mean, the whole idea is to give people an opportunity to come in, take a, a total body scan and look at any part of right. their body, but specifically looking at heart disease being the number one killer, why would you not want to get a photo of your heart and just figure out where you are? Because if you are going to have a heart attack, right, if you're going to be one of those two people, of every people walking out there, right. why would you not want to know? Right, so coming in and getting a scan, you will sit down with our doctor, Dr. Larry Carson. He uh, he actually retired from UNC as a professor of neurosurgery oh, and fantastic. plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do have a board-certified, fellowship-trained radiologist that look at those images. And you know, faculty, um, a lot of times when we're looking at the heart, sometimes we'll get images of the aorta. We've had several men come in with no symptoms whatsoever of, of, of having an aortic bulge, um, but the CT scan will show that. And it's the same thing with lung cancer. Lung right. cancer killed 160,000 U.S. citizens last year, and it's entirely preventable. The whole idea behind finding it is finding it early so that you have a, a wide variety of treatment options rather than finding it at a late stage. And that's a, a huge, a huge thing. I can't tell you, since we started doing these scans, I probably picked up six or seven early cancers that were curable and hadn't spread, and I think it's a fantastic thing that y'all do. Um, tell us more about your company. Uh, it started in Oklahoma? Correct. So uh, Advanced Body Skin's been around for about seven years. Uh, started in Oklahoma City. Um, we've grown to several locations, and Raleigh is our newest location. So we, uh, we opened our doors officially on February 22nd, and I think we've scanned about 500, uh, 500 people since we've opened. So. Yeah. Well, you know, you've uh, lit a fire under some of the radiology groups here. Have you noticed? No, well, no, not specifically. They're offering but... some of them. I have names, <laughs> and I like these people. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. now offering the scans for a, a higher price than you are. But the bottom line is <laughs> your company has been doing this, and they've got a, a system down, and I think it's a wonderful thing. I started doing calcium scoring in, in involving it in my practice in 1991. They had a, uh, the scanners back then were really slow. Right. And, and there was a new scanner that came out called an electron beam CT scanner. It's like a TV tube, a cathode ray tube. <laughs> Shoots an electron beam, made a really quick scan. We yeah. could get a calcium score. And that's the original scans that, scanners that they use. But now, I mean, uh, these GE scanners and... What, what, what brand do you guys use? Well, we, we do have GE scanners, but uh, here at this location, we use a Siemens Health and Ears machine. Yeah. So uh, it's the uh, latest and greatest from Germany. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, one of the things that's nice about it is it's fast. So, yeah. I mean, if people Oh, these are a, all really fast. Yeah, a busy schedule. What's the scan, like uh, uh, 20 milliseconds? It's about or? nine minutes. Wow. Nine minutes <laughs> to take about no, 500 I meant, images. Yeah, but the image itself 
is really quick. I mean, that's the way you can do it because the heart moves and you, you can capture it in a, in a um, freeze frame and see the calcium that's in the cholesterol pox. And it, it's just fantastic. Okay, the 21st century has arrived. Yes. And you can afford to have a full body scan. Right. Or if you're just concerned about your heart and your lungs, you can have that scan. Yes, sir? Correct. So, I mean, right. you can you can choose when you come in and talk to us to right. scan just about anything you want, right? right? Now, obviously, if you have a doctor's note and you want to scan pelvic or yeah. abdominal regions, people that have a family history of cancer or perhaps they've been exposed to certain toxins or right. things like that, asbestos and things like that, um, the, whole, the whole goal with our company is to give people an opportunity to come in and get scanned when they feel they need to, right? Not just right. when they have a sickness. We, we've been programmed to wait until we're sick to go to the doctor, and that's yep. not the best plan. I agree. So, I mean, being preventive, uh, thinking about your health early, you know, uh, why would you not want to know if you have something wrong in your body? Right. So, Very and, good. And I think that the price of what y'all are, are, are doing um, is the key because people now are going to say, hey, I can get this done and it's not going to impact my pocketbook. And unfortunately, the insurance companies won't pay for a calcium score. Right. And I think that it's it's something that once we've had enough um, uh, data, we already do have enough data. Once we see what advanced body scans is, uh, what your company is doing to promote health, once we see these these figures, they're going to have to start paying for this. It's just ridiculous. DC DC Lindemann, operations manager of Advanced Body Scans of Raleigh. How do we get in touch with yes, your company? Well, uh, you can you can go on our website. So if you go to Google or another website, search for Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh. Right. Um, our phone number and address is there. It's super easy. You just go ahead and call the number. Um, one of our receptionists will book an appointment for either you and your wife or you and your boyfriend, girlfriend to come down. Um, you'll need about 60 to 90 minutes of time to prepare. So when you get there, you got some basic you know, health paperwork to fill out. Right. Um, we'll give you a, a quick rundown of the, the clinic and show you the machines we use and how they work. Um, right. And then we get you scanned. And it takes about nine minutes for each of you. And then in about 10 days, we'll provide you images of your heart, images of your lungs, uh, and uh, basically our radiologist impressions if they found anything. Right. And uh, if there's a significant finding, if your calcium score, let's say, is above 100, um, we would strongly recommend that you consult a cardiologist and perhaps do an additional testing. And if you're not already on a, on a, on a statin or maybe right. a baby aspirin, the whole point is to kind of figure out where you're at, then seek medical attention uh, in the form of your doctor, your cardiologist, and take right. it from there. So, so you, right, Yeah, and this is the thing that it's just like what I do here on the radio show. You don't prescribe things. You'll have a report. You'll say, given this, here's your risks. We suggest that you see a cardiologist or um, internal medicine specialist, and go from there. Correct. So we don't right. diagnose cancer. We don't diagnose heart disease, but we do provide images of it. Um, and if you do, if we do find a mass, let's say we find a, you know, a, a lesion or a mass in the lungs, well, we can't declare it's cancer without getting a tissue sample of it. So it's step one. Step one is finding out: Do you have a problem? Is there something that's that's there that's not supposed to be there? Step two is going to your doctor or your oncologist, your, uh, and figuring out what to do next. So. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We, thank you for having gonna, me here today. We'd love to have you on the show later on. Let us know how the company's doing, what sort of things you've found. Right. And um, I, I also, uh, if, you, if you find a patient who's been really helped, uh, get him on the show. 
Okay, well, I'd love that invitation. So, All right, good. We've got to talk to Bob from Raleigh. He's the patient patient who's been holding on the line for a couple of minutes. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Hey, how you all doing today? Good. What's going on, Bob? I heard you talking about testosterone earlier. Yes. Let me sidebar for just a day. You uh, asked a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, why people call in more later in the show. Yes. I know why. Why? Why is that? Because once you turn it on, I turn you on when you start, you know? Yeah. And once you start listening to all this tremendous... Uh, helpful information <laughs> yes. and and a sparkling wit and conversation. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to stop and interrupt. Oh my gosh, that's like no people shouldn't do that. That's like walking into a restaurant seeing that already people are eating and not sitting down yourself. <laughs> Please come on in. I hadn't but thought. Thank of... you, Bob. Okay. Anyway, testosterone. Yes. I'd like to ask you about testosterone specifically vis-a-vis. Chronic fatigue, yes, which I have. It began like four years ago when I first showed symptoms of polychondritis. So I'm guessing there might be a connection. I don't right. know, right. but it's gotten worse over time to the point now where I, I mean, any kind of physical activity is a challenge. So are you so concerned about your T-score? I got a test run last week. Yeah. I got 323. 322? Uh, three, yeah. He said 323. That's pretty good. Well, you the passed. range, this is according to a CDC. You know what the host mm-hmm. protocol is? Well, I'm, sure. this is, I'm an analytical chemist, and this is a uh, LCMS coupled with an MS uh, protocol that's as definitive as you get, I think. At any rate, the, range, the acceptable range they gave me was 264 to 916. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if that's accurate, I'm like 9% into the range, even though I'm in the range. Yeah. Well, I went and did a little lit searching on this protocol business uh, to get some details. Well, it turns out the host protocol is for ages 19 to 39 years old, the range yeah. that they give me. So I don't know where I stand on this. Well, um, I think the best thing to do is go see an endocrinologist uh, and talk to this person about the level, what it means in your age group, and whether this person thinks that maybe a little supplementation would help you. I don't know. I All I know is that the patients that I treat, I adjust um, my treatment uh guidelines based on the age and based on the symptom and so i i have treated some people who are at the lower levels of normal and i've had success um there's also something called the free testosterone and the bound testosterone Mm -hmm. um and so sometimes an endocrinologist will look at different subgroups of your testosterone and say hey wait a minute it would benefit from supplementation i can't give you any advice beyond that except that um you know, fatigue is a very important symptom of somebody who has a very low testosterone level or even a moderately low one. So I think it's worthwhile um, to have somebody look into this for you. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Thank you for the kind words. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all. Bye-bye. This is something coming up all over the place. 
Is it a HIPAA violation to ask about someone's COVID vaccine status? Sure. Let, let me just say what HIPAA I, is. Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah, HIPAA is a uh, the uh, acronym for a, a law, and it's the Health Insurance Portability Act. Now, what right. does that have to do with privacy? Well, they added on to this um, uh, law right. that says you should be able to continue on your insurance by paying some money you should be able to be portable in terms of your insurance but they added on all these privacy concerns which i think and most of them are uh important but some of them are just ridiculous so the question is you go into a store yeah and they are going to let you wear a mask they make you wear a mask make you wear a mask if you haven't had your vaccine yeah but if you've had your vaccine you won't have to wear a mask. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop you. Right. We're going to answer the question coming up next on Heart Health right. Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. You, may you know you make me want to shout. Kick my heels up and Kick my heels up and shout. This is the Man Expo and Heart Health Radio. So, Dr. Weefall, there's a story about a woman who donated her kidney. Yeah, I think it's great. So, you know, a lot of ex-wives, uh, or listen, the wife you have now doesn't right. get along with the ex. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, that could be a problem. And I think it's great. This woman was so nice. Her, her husband's ex-wife got kidney failure and needed right. a kidney transplant. Yeah. And they looked and looked and looked, and there was only <laughs> one person no. in, the, in, the, in the extended family who was a match. And it no was kidding. the current wife. Okay, so I don't want to limit, I, I think this may be a sexist term, but be I'm careful. trying to explain we don't the entire be story. So basically, wife number two donated a kidney to wife number one? Yep. Oh, my word. And so, I mean, we should have shouted them out. Um, I think it's uh, it's a fantastic thing. Um, no, it's incredible. Yeah, so Debbie Neal Strickland, and she donated her kidney yeah. to Mylene Murtha. And right. I think, you know, this is the thing that I want people to understand, is that you've got to get over uh, any um, feelings of ill will you have toward right. anybody. And I think the donation of the kidney, remember, God gave us two, and she gave up one. Now, people think, wait a minute, I want my spare tire. I want my spare kidney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She took the risk, and and she did it for a person that, you know, in in standard way of thinking in in society, they may not get along. But there's a bond now, not just sure, not just the husband. Yes. But the fact that she's got her kidney. And she's going to live a, a better life. Again, I'm trying to understand <laughs> the woman. The, the, okay, so the, the new wife. The new wife. Okay, Joe. Let's call him Joe. Yeah. He was married to Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got divorced. Yeah. And then he married Sue. Yeah. Well, actually, her name was Debbie. Yeah. He married Debbie, and Debbie said, y- your first wife's kidney's failing, and I match. Nobody else matched. Wow. And she gave her the kidney. And I think that's fantastic. I think with the only way this would be better the, would be the other way around. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would, would be amazing. Be. Yeah. All right, listen, there was something you got really excited about in the news. A study small reveals, vessel disease. Yeah, small vessel heart disease. So, 
how many times have you had a positive stress test in a patient? Yeah. And then they go get a heart catheterization and they say, there's nothing there. Okay. It's a false positive. Okay. And so I'm now, over the last 20 years, yeah. become one of the physicians who's been educated in probably something we have been misdiagnosing for a long time. The arteries to the heart are like a tree. Okay. Big trunk. Yeah. Branches. Right. Twigs and then leaves. Yes. And so when you look at the arteries, you can put a stent in the trunk. You can put a stent in the in the uh, branches. You sure. can't put them in the twigs or the leaves. Sure. And the reason is they're too small. So the cardiologists who developed stents, when they couldn't put a stent in, they said there's nothing wrong with you. Well, what we know now is that you can have blockages and what we call fibrosis in the capillaries, in the arterioles. Those would be the equivalent to the twigs of a sure. tree. Sure. And when that happens, a lot of them are usually involved. You can get inflammation in those arteries and arterioles, and you can have chest discomfort, angina, yeah. from those blockages, and there are multiple blockages in the small arteries. And have no significant blockage in the trunks okay. or the big branches. And so we're recognizing this now. And the reason why you want to recognize it is medicine's help. You can treat it. You can make it better. Yeah. And so go to a cardiologist. Right. Make sure you ask them. I didn't have blockages in my major orders. Yeah. Did I have them in my microscopic or small vessel? Okay, let's tell people. Is it a HIPAA violation? You're not a lawyer. Oh, we but forgot about that. Here we that. go. Yeah. No, I didn't forget. I wanted oh. to want people to listen to the rest of the show. All right. So, is it a HIPAA violation to ask about my vaccine status? No. Really? Yes, you can ask. You can say I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay? okay. But if they if you don't tell them, um, and you know, you want to yeah. go in the store, right. you got to wear a mask or you got to leave. There, it's not a violation because it's an essential piece of information that can be shared right. and uh, is now thought to be part of the public health uh, guidelines uh, right. to prevent the spread of COVID-19. People are um, getting I a little... Do you, do you have your card in your wallet? Uh, yes, I, I do. I have my card in my wallet. I have I've some... never been asked to show the card. They have, I've been asked a couple times, and they've believed me. I'm deliberately vague about where I work, okay. and thank you very much. I work during the week at a different place other than the radio station. They have now given us all, all of those who are COVID up, right, who've got the vaccine. Oh, you've got a badge? I've got a special addition to my badge that tells me that I don't have to double mask at work. I can single mask. Wait a minute. You're I still wearing be, masks? I can be unmasked. Yes. I can be unmasked if I'm in the room with somebody else who also has okay. one of these badges. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to say this the end of the show. We're, how much time we got? About 30 seconds? Yeah, about that. I, I urge everybody to get a vaccine. Yeah. We're going to beat this, and that's part of it. If, if You know, join the team. Yeah. Don't believe... And what you see on Facebook about, you know, how dangerous they are. They're not dangerous. There are possible side effects. They're extremely rare. But if you get your vaccine, not only will you have a much, much lower risk of getting sick, 
You're going to help your country. You're going to help the people around you. And um, I think it's a, it's a thing we should all do. All right. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.